Hey, it's July the 7th, 2023. I am at Joel Pearl. It's time to get in the weeds on your wonderful, wonderful Friday morning. Ooh, baby. It's been a long week. It's been a good week. MLW week for us ends today. Of course, they've got a show tomorrow. We'll be talking about that later. But Delmi Exo, the MLW World Women's Featherweight Champion, is going to join us at 11.30 a.m. Eastern. So in about an hour and a half from now, she'll be joining us to talk about Never Say Never and a whole plethora of other things we look forward to welcoming Delmi to the show. Jeremy's here as always. Jeremy Lambert, how are you feeling on this Friday morning? I'm well. Look look at the look at the sun trees kind of peeking in back there, Joel Pearl. I mean, a lovely view. So, yeah. Yeah. We got uh you know, we got a new Taylor Swift album, sort of new. Uh, you know, new new old new songs, new recordings of old songs type type of type of thing. That's what's happening uh with that album that I've not listened to because you know, I've been listening to Big E interviews and Bo Nacal interviews this morning. That's what I've been doing. What's old Big E saying these days? I haven't heard from Big E in a minute. He's doing well. He says he's working on some voiceover projects. He's working on some other short film project and some other projects that he cannot disclose because much like all of us in the world of professional wrestling and just entertainment, uh, we don't like to say things that are happening because then they fall through and then you look like an idiot when you do that. So he, but he says he's working on things. He has no timetable for his return though. That, that full story is already up on fightful.com. If people would like to look at that, uh, we have some breaking news, Joel, if you would, did you, did you see this? Did you hear about this? Uh, I would love to hear about this. What am I, what am I seeing? Breaking news, WWE Survivor Series will be held in the home of AEW, the Allstate Arena in Chicago. No, that's not the home of AEW. Allstate <laughs> Chicago is, but the Allstate Arena, that's WWE land, baby. No, Chicago's the home of AEW. So WWE Survivor Series invading AEW. That's what I'm I'm promoting this as that WWE is invading AEW territory for Survivor Series. We're killing the town one day at a time. <laughs> They're going to be in Chicago for the entire fall. At this point, wrestlers are just going to start like renting pied-a-terre and just apartments all across next to the venue. They're all going to be wrestler apartments. Uh, yeah, there you go. Chicago Survivor Series. It's funny because yesterday uh, I was listening to the We Watch Wrestling podcast. Shout out to Matt McCarthy and Vince Averill. And they were uh, talking about, oh, where's Survivor Series? And they had the similar um, Google search answers that I had, which were, uh, you know, Philly and someone had said Houston, Texas, basically made up areas. And then McCarthy said, oh, I just texted some WWE. I'm not going to give away where it is, but it's uh, it's an interesting spot. So, uh, yeah, Chicago is an interesting place, given geographical location of what's going on. All that's going to be September on Labor Day weekend. And I'm guessing what's the date? Is it November, mid-November? It is November 25th. So right. that's a uh, Thanksgiving time. Right? It's always that's the Survivor Series tradition. It's yeah, it hasn't been for a while. I feel like I feel like they, you know, that was that was the old adage is, oh, yeah, Survivor Series tradition Thanksgiving. And then it stopped being that tradition. And now Nick Khan is old coming there and he's like, we're going back to holiday weekend, baby. And so, and so spend time with your family and the Survivor Series Thanksgiving. That's right. Some people spend time in the cinema watching movies on Thanksgiving. 
why not go watch the cinema of the bloodline play out on Thanksgiving? Go watch Roman Reigns versus Jimmy Uso for the the world championship, the undisputed universal championship. You know what? I just I just noticed this as I was looking at the the Survivor Series Wikipedia page. Very important page for all yep. you people out there. Survivor Series last year, headlined by War Games. Do you remember where Survivor Series last year was? No. The TD Garden in Boston. Oh. War Games. Where's Blood and Guts this year? TD, TD Garden. Garden. I think, I think, I think there's uh, some some foul play here, Joel Pearl. That's that's what I'm suspecting here. They're gonna go in there and they're gonna be like, we did a better War Games match than WWE did less than a year ago. I think there's 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 competition on this stuff, and now we got Survivor Series. They're gonna go in there and they're gonna be like, we got to top the pay per view that AEW did. At, at uh with all outs at the united center we have to top that now we have to prove we are better in the chicago mar- what if cm punk shows up to survivor series i mean it's in the chat cm punk versus roman reigns let's go i also love the they should rename survivor series to all that you got all <laughs> in you got all out wwe all that that would actually be hilarious if they did it they should do that and they bring back the show all that just so that they could do a big spoof on King and Kel got Good Burger coming up soon. Good Burger too. So we can we can do this tie-in here. What's that on? Is that on the Peacock? Is that on the Paramount? Like Someone's there's gotta be some it. type of tie-in, right? <laughs> Someone's like, yeah, Ryan says hosted by Keenan Thompson. <laughs> yeah. Keenan Thompson will do that stuff. He's you know, he's he's not above any of this. As long as RJ City gets a WWE contract and does a whole "What's Up with That" parody, RJ City doesn't have an AEW contract. Certainly doesn't have the graphic. <laughs> Talk about that whenever he gets a chance to. I want to have a twenty-minute interview where RJ City talks about not getting the graphic. I'm literally just going to ask him the one question and let him go off for twenty minutes. I will walk away from the interview and let him monologue for a solid twenty minutes. I will come back with a coffee. And a sandwich would be like, okay, but talk to me about talk to me about your contract. And that'll just set him off again and I can walk off and get lunch. Should I send this to RJ City and just be like, hey, you wanna you wanna join uh join the show and talk about not having graphic? Yeah, I would love that. You know what? Send it to RJ City. Let's okay. see. Let's see. He knows who we are. Well, he knows who I am. He knows what we've had. We've had conversations. I messaged him after uh, the Danielson. Hey, hey, EW came out. And right. I got like 500 articles out of that. That was a good, that was a good episode too. Uh, Kate is in the chat sending super chats, but I'm not going to bring her up on the screen because her, she uses her shoot name on this channel for some reason. Her own fault. I know. For Jeremy's co-pays after this week, JFC, love y'all. We love you too, Kate. Catch uh, Joel and Kate at eight every Sunday. Wow, I stuttered there. Uh, Joel and Kate at 8, Sunday, 8 Eastern on Fightful Overbooked. Hey, while you're here, by the way, uh, leave us a thumbs up on the video and subscribe to us here at Fightful Overbooked. We are getting closer and closer to 100,000 subscribers. Uh, don't look at the actual numbers we have right now. It's it's not it's not relevant here, but we will get to 100,000 subscribers if we keep doing shows like these and and like Joel and Kate at 8 and like Tag Talk and like 
Coaches. We don't have tag talk. They they're on hiatus. They're on hiatus. We're yes. gonna and we we have we have replacement uh, a replacement show that's coming for the next little bit. But come on, they still rule. They're still there in our archive, and we're hoping that they are going to be back after the summertime. Okay, Jeremy Lambert, is that okay with you? I, I've messaged RJ. That that is fine with me. Good. Um, we will always promote Tag Talk. We love Haley and Kylie. Everyone go check out uh, Eat the Indies with Haley as well. Uh, that is a book. That is a cookbook, not a not a show. But you could still check it out. Um, it's also not an offer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it could be. So I've, I've sent this link to RJ. I just said, hi, RJ. I'm doing a show with Joel Pearl for some reason right now. He has asked me to send you this, even though I was Wait actually my idea. Hold yeah. on. <laughs> Seems bad. He's asked me to send you this to talk about not getting an AEW graphic and just talk. I have coffee. What are we doing? You have coffee is actually really funny. You're just trying to get RDC to fight me. And you know what? It might work. I have sent it to him. We will see if Good Lord. If this becomes a thing. So anyway. <laughs> Send us a, uh, a super chat, by the way. Any que- any amount supports us here at Fightful Overbook. Get your question statement around the air. Uh, we won't bring it up on the screen, though, if you're using your shoot name and you shouldn't be on your YouTube channel name, whatever. <sighs> it's our own fault. If she, she shouldn't do that. She just shouldn't. Maybe it's Why? not her fault. Those notes, by the way, from our interview with Snitsky coming to Fightful Select very soon. I got to send Sean a cheat sheet because he tried to put over... You know, I tweeted yesterday, like, here's, but does everybody like my Nick, Nickelodeon mug? Yes. Pretty sweet, right? Um, the wife got this for me for Christmas. So I tried to put over, you know, what in the weeds and how uh, I feel like we're doing okay work here sometimes. And we've had a lot of guests on the show, and I would like AEW and WWE talent on the show because it's a live show. We run Monday, Wednesday, Friday, which are obviously AWWWE days. So it's live promotion for those shows that they are on. And they get articles and all this stuff. So anyway, that's my hope. And Sean tried to put over the show and was like, you should be watching in the weeds, youtube.com slash overbooked is what he plugged, which takes you to a YouTube page that is not fightful overbooked. So oh, how much worse is the fact that he go to overbooked? I'm going to find this out. YouTube. It's just some nondescript YouTube page. Like it's got the generic avatar and everything. Oh, they have no videos. It's just someone. Yeah. Who did it. Okay. It's someone who. Yeah, there's commented. nothing there. Yeah. September, 2006. Good on you. So Good. Sean is promoting a channel that doesn't really exist on a show that definitely does not exist on that channel. Maybe we should buy it and redirect it to Fightful Overbooked since Sean has put that out there now. But I've told him I need to send him the Snitsky cheat sheet because apparently he has no idea, much like Jimmy Van, has no idea that this channel exists and what we actually do on this channel. My Jimmy Van interactions have uh, have gone down now. I don't get to I don't get to ta- to talk and pal around with them as much these days. Why? Because the, the show that we were doing, KYN Live, he is now, uh, he is no longer the host of that show. Oh. He, he has new hosts, so I don't get to chop it up with Jimmy, and I'm very sad about that. Jimmy, I know you're not watching. Definitely not. Definitely not. I get it. It's 10 a.m. I get it. Come back, Jimmy. 
come back to KY. Actually, no, I like the new hosts of KY and the people that we're that we're working with right now. So anyway, go check out uh, Know Your News. By the way, go, I, I produce on that channel, and and Kate, who sent a super chat, had uh, and, and hosts a sh- couple of shows here, one or two. She uh, she also does a show there over on Know Your News. So so I'll plug that. Uh, we actually get the names of the channels right. By the way, on this channel, <laughs> I've never you know I've never been invited to any of those shows. Kate gets something to do. Alex Pulowski, they do some movie review thing, which, you know, that's super original doing, doing movie reviews. You know, I feel like certain people used to review wrestling movies on this channel or another channel and another time period movie reviews, Joel Pearl's over there. I see John Alba talking sports. That's super original. It's not like, you know, there's a sports program on, on this uh, channel either talking basketball weekly but you know god forbid we invite old jeremy over on the know your news the part the news writer god forbid yeah but what are you going to talk about sports i know sports yeah you know sports but there's already a sports show do you want to co-host a show with john alba no nah, i don't like john alba so well there that. you go see <laughs> you're talking yourself into something you don't even want <laughs> and that's kind of what wrestling is all about <laughs> talking yourself into something you don't even want i want to be wanted joel you know what i mean you like, are wanted i want hey. you every single day to stop trying to get wrestlers to beat me up okay no that's not happening i you know i just want i want you know the invite i, I want the invitation i want to be asked to the prom I might turn it down because I have other plans on prom night, but I just want to be asked to the prom. That's all. Why won't, why won't anybody ask me to prom Joel Pearl? Um, I don't know. Cause have you tried shaving your beard? So what's funny. I don't know if this is funny. I've had like five hair appointments scheduled over the last month and I've had to cancel all of them for various circumstances. And I was supposed to have another one on Thursday, this upcoming Thursday, a week from yesterday. And I had to cancel that because of circumstances. <laughs> so my mom was like, I'm, I'm headed back to North Carolina next week. Uh, I got to talk to you about that off air. Um, so I'm headed back to North Carolina next week. And my mom is like, go make sure you get your beard trimmed and your hair cut. I'm like, thanks mom. Appreciate that. And I'm like, Oh, the day I am scheduled to fly out of Ohio is the day I had my hair appointment scheduled. <laughs> so sorry, mom, I will not be doing this. That one is just poor planning on your part. Okay. The other things, listen, I fully get it. Those are, I, I understand the circumstances that surrounded that because we've talked about everything going on in our lives. This one though, that's on you, Jeremy. It's not. It's not on me. It's not on me. How is it? How? All right. All right. Really? We're going to do this. Okay. So once everything had happened and I had to reschedule a bunch of stuff, we scheduled the the hair appointment for July 13th. And we just thought, oh, hey, cool. July 13th is a a day. Like, it's just a random day. Feels pretty random. Nothing's happening. Um, And then... The other day, I, I decided I was going to go to North Carolina next week because because of everything that has happened. And it's also the anniversary of 
my grandma's death, which was July 14th, 2019. So like the month my mom has had, I was like, I just want to be there with her and maybe we'll go visit my grandma's grave, which I haven't done since she said she passed. Um, so, or at least been a while since she passed. Uh, so that's, that's why I decided. And then I looked at flights for July 14th. They were expensive. I looked at flights for July 13th, the Thursday. It was like, that's less expensive. So that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to go July 13th. And then I had my hair appointment on July 13th. So it's not poor planning. It is still circumstantial, Joel Pearl. Did you say circumstantial? Yes. Is that a word? Circumstantial. Circumstantial. That's exactly what I said. Oh my goodness. You weren't doing this again, eh? Word of the day. <laughs> People are saying you hair appointment. You mean seeing the barber? No, no, no. Uh, and then Ryan Sullivan says you, you schedule your hair far out. So I have one person that I see that I, I trust my my to do my hair and stuff and and the wife has seen this person for like years because she knows everybody who's everybody around here uh so like i just i like seeing this one person and so yes this person's very popular they're very good and so i have to schedule my hair uh a little bit further out because of that i don't care like clearly clearly my hair's a mess and i have not cared at all this is a wrestling show by the way is it no, it's not. If RJ City joins us, it definitely won't be. Yeah, if RJ joins us, it's gonna I don't even know what to call it at that point. Uh but wouldn't RJ wouldn't RJ fit like right in yeah. on this show, by the way, yeah. just talking about nothing. My God, do you think the RJ City show is what's gonna take over in the weeds? Okay, hold on. Here we go. Oh no. If Joe was half the professional he claims to be. I didn't even use my real name. Yeah, that's hilarious. He knows if Joe is half the professional he claims to be, he would know that he has to get the okay from AEW first. It's his lack of competency that drags down the fine name of pro wrestling journalism. Please read this on air. All of this is so wrong and it just got even worse. Hello, Eggman. Sean's eating a melted SpongeBob, by the way. <laughs> oh, no, he's not here. He was finishing <laughs> the eggs, man. <laughs> he sent me a picture of his eggs, and I thought it was a melted SpongeBob on the preview photo. Because, <laughs> you know, the preview photo is like tiny. It's not like yeah. the full scope of everything. And it just looked like it's a flat yellow thing. And it looked like it had like two eyes and it's just melted SpongeBob. I Can I like show it on air? I, I was going to say, yeah, you should probably just start showing these things on air because clearly okay, hold on. Hold you on. just showed up and did that. Hold on. All right. Let me, let me screenshot. RJ knows very well that I need to clear the... Damn it. Who's letting RJ City have have this say here? That's all. Yeah, why does RJ need clearance to just pop on and say like hi or yes. whatever? Uh, what am I going to say? What are we going to say? <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of things, but let's come on. Let's be honest here. We are All professional right. something or others. So this is the picture Sean sent me this morning at like, you know, seven o'clock. And just like, hey, this is, it actually wasn't that. It's This is taking forever to upload. Okay, there we go. All right. Is everybody ready for this big egg reveal here? There. Does it that, not look like it could be a, a melted SpongeBob? It's not that appetizing. It looks like, is that bacon? <laughs> yeah, Some it looks sweet? like bacon. Yeah. yeah, bacon, spinach, maybe some cheese. Yeah. 
Uh, so that's some some dull ass plate too. Is that is that <laughs> so? Is that is the plate gray or is it just the color of the? Why are you burying the plate? I don't know. I got, I got nicer plates. The presentation's good. It did the the little whatever on top that I would never eat is just that's just stuff that came out of the, uh, out yeah. of the, the omelet that didn't make it. This is uh, riveting content for people. I'm sure they're loving see, this. See, Ryan agrees. Looks like melted SpongeBob. Yeah, kind of, but also like there's nothing else on the plate. It's just it's a half an omelet. Woohoo! It goes to London once, and he makes terrible food. At least he's got that going for him. I have to respond to. Uh... Our pal, RJ, my pal. I don't think he likes you very much. My pal, I get RJ, it. I really do. That I agree that Joe is very. <laughs> I should, I should mess up your name too. That Jack is very unprofessional. <laughs> I don't understand how people can't figure out that there's an L at the end of my first name and an L at the end of my last name. Nobody calls me Joe Pear. <laughs> which would be like au pair, but it's, it's just it's Joel Pearl. It's not that difficult. Eh, it's tough, right? It's tough. <laughs> I agree that Jack is very unprofessional. Jack, God. we would still love for you to join us at some point. And we will ask AEW, who definitely likes us, to potentially make this happen. Thank you for your time this morning, RJ. I hope we did not inconvenience you too much. Stay beautiful. Stay beautiful. (laughs) What's the Friday? So... We're they're they're in Regina tomorrow for for collision. Uh, tonight, I wonder. I wonder if he. I don't know if he went home after Edmonton. I don't know why he would just to fly back the next day. But uh, yeah, that's wild. There, I have sent RJ this message. God. <laughs> Dan in the chat saying, "Don't let Macklin see these insults." First of all, Macklin's too busy setting pco on fire actually he didn't even do that bully did it but pco set on fire last night on impact so clearly macklin has bigger fish to fry yes pun intended uh that's all i got i hope steve macklin is like legitimately okay because he did get hurt on the on the australian tour they had to pull him from the second night and so i hope he's okay so from what i was told um he was he was there for the rest of the tour he is waiting on an mri but like he, he was pulled for the second night, like you said. Um, but it, it, I think they were. I think he's okay. But I'm not totally. I'm not 100 percent on it. I was told it didn't look like it, he wasn't pulled completely. So he was there the next night, and he wasn't on crutches. So okay. that's helpful. Um, yeah. Th- thanks to to our friends who were there. If you know our Aussie friends, you know who I'm talking about. So yeah, um, you you know who I'm talking about when I talk about our Australian friends. But uh, I only all. know one friend in Australia. Yeah, and it's 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 probably that person. Oh no! no. Oh, yeah, okay. that other person is not there. So. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm like, what is? Huh? I need to actually message the person you mentioned because 
here we go. We're we're talking about no wrestling on this show. This we should, is, we, okay, let's let's just get this out of the way. So WWE is running Survivor Series at the Allstate Arena. It's going to be November twenty fifth, like you said. Uh, I'm I'm excited for them going back to Allstate because that venue is really fun to to watch wrestling in, to watch fans react in. I do wonder if there will be some fatigue at that point. It will have been a couple of months since yeah. all out. So, you know, are you killing the town or is it just like WWE fans are still going to go AW fans who went to all out or just wrestling fans in general who went to all out are still going to be pumped for the survivor series. Like how much of the card is going to matter uh, or it's Chicago. So, you know, people are going to descend on that town regardless. It'll be almost three months because all in all out, uh, is early September. This is late November. So it's close to three months. Plenty of time there. Chicago's typically uh, just a wrestling hotbed anyway. That's why it gets run so much. Um, well, this is a big WWE show for that town as well. I don't recall the last time they had like a, a premium live event. Uh, certainly not one of like the big five or anything. Maybe it was uh, sooner or earlier than i can remember because my memory is not that good they'll they'll be fine they'll be fine and assuming their business just doesn't completely drop off in the next few months like i think everybody knows this like their business is killing right now especially their live event business like their their house shows are doing well their tv shows are doing well i think msg sold out tonight like everything's doing great right now so I I wouldn't be too worried about, oh, we're not going to be able to run well in Chicago of all places. They'll be fine in Chicago. They'll put Mustafa Ali up there in the main event. It'll be good. Actually, I would love to see Mustafa Ali have some sort of big moment. Maybe it's war games. Maybe it's Cody's All-Stars includes Mustafa Ali for some reason. You'd want to talk about, well, no, remember we talked about, you know, the Judgment Day plus two from NXT taking on you know, Seth Rollins and friends plus two from NXT. Maybe Mustafa Ali is still involved with NXT at that point. And next thing you know, he's he's in the War Games match on Team Cody and Seth's All-Stars. Who knows? It's a possibility. Cody's going to be in that match, though. He has to be in that match. Oh, right? Cody. Cody's going to be pushing for this thing. He missed all the blood and guts. He missed War Games last year. This is like Cody. This is all he's wanted to do is be part of of war games adjacent matches and now of course he can be part of war games even if they ain't got this scheduled cody is gonna be like one way or another you gotta put this thing for war games and we have to do this it doesn't make mention of any and we're still a few months out but it doesn't make mention of any type of war games in the press release i feel like last year that was obviously the big selling point is they called it survivor series war games if they bring it back, Cody's already building the cage. He's literally at the Allstate Arena right now. He has started construction on the cage. He's like, I, I don't need to go to MSG tonight. I'm a raw guy. He's just going to be like, I'm going to Chicago. I'm going to get the cage built. I'll be ready for you when you get here. And until then, what do you want to talk about? That's going to be Cody for the next like for the next three months. Cody has written in his notebook like all the feuds he can do to make this thing possible of like, all right, if we can't do Bloodline, what if we do Brock Lesnar has a team and we can just continue? What if Seth 
has a team judgment day he's like creating factions that like don't even exist yet he's looking at the nxt people he's looking at like dusty's kids he's like you know pull everybody who's labeled a dusty kid i'll face all of them like he is just putting any faction together that he can to make sure he gets a war games match cody seth ko sammy i need a fifth who's the fifth Ali, just throw Ali in there. Ali is, one of du- Ali, Ali is one of Dusty's kids who never really interacted with Dusty. And they're going to take on the Judgment Day and like Gunter and who knows who else. He's looking at people who won like the Dusty Rhodes tag team tournament and is like put all of them in there. Like he does not care. He's just anybody he can pull. If, if, if you have, if a D is in your first, if your first name starts with a D, if your last name starts with an R, he's pulling you in there to make sure he can get this War Games match. Cody and, Cody and the Creeds, baby. Because I, I think of all the other Dusty Cup winners, Authors of Pain, well, not, not them. Uh, Mimosa Joe is currently the Ring of Honor television champion. Finn Balor is currently on the other side of the, uh, uh, of the, the, the heel face spectrum. You can get Finn, sure. It feels like Dusty Cup winners are a little far fetched in this case, unless you make. He's got Woods. He's pulling Woods in there because they got history together. He's pulling anybody he can. He's like Woods, bring bring Big E, bring him back, bring Kofi, do the whole New Day thing. Get the Usos in there. They got a long history. They've done cage matches together. He any way he can. It, it's the uh, Charlie Day meme from always sunny he's got the board behind him just connecting everything of like how can i make sense to do this war games match i love i'm bringing this up cody with the with the local chicago (laughs) workers to build the cage it's just cody on the line let's go boys (laughs) cody does not care how he gets this war games match he is going to do it it'd actually be a great bit if triple h is just like not we were trying to do war games, but you know what? We just it didn't make sense for the story, and we, we wanted to we wanted to prioritize the story over everything. Maybe next year, it just keeps like we love the term honey dick on this show. Just keeps honey dicking Cody on stuff. You want the title at WrestleMania? Story doesn't finish. You want to do a war games match? Not part of the story. At some point, Cody's going to look at that. This story sucks, dude. I got to write a different book. I got to pick up a different book. Because right now, this story ain't working out for me. I got to choose my a different adventure. When it says turn to page 84 to do this, turn to page 38 to do this, should have gone to the other page. Because right now, his story ain't going so well. Poor Cody. His story one day will be complete. Uh, I just saw, so two things. One, uh, Sean's saying he can't go to any of the Chicago pay-per-views this year, and I'm like, Joel's time to shine. I'm going to the All-State Arena after all. Uh, I'm, I'm still trying to get to Jerusalem. That's a whole other can of worms. And then, oh, you know, the, the Israel show, the, the one yeah, yeah. that's stinging yeah. all that. Yeah. I haven't spoken to Jimmy or Sean yet. Sean, is, it's, he knows that I have interest in going. But, like, it's the night before Rosh Hashanah, the, the Jewish New Year which is like the most expensive tourist-filled time to show up in Israel, especially in Jerusalem and one of the holiest place, according to the Jews. You know how much those return flights are from Toronto? Like $1,000? $1,300. So about 1000 US. Yeah. Yeah. So we're working on something. I got some conversations going. But if we go and I cover it, I got some, I got some stuff, some ideas. But anyway, uh, Chicago, if I go to Survivor Series, that'd be fun. Might do that. And I then- think that's... The same weekend as WrestleCade, and that's probably why it usually is because it's WrestleCade usually falls on Thanksgiving weekend as well. Yeah, so typically I go to WrestleCade as well. 
now I'm wondering if I want to go to WrestleCade this year just because uh, Danielson's there and I got to pitch my podcast to him. Um, but I do wonder if it might make more feasible sense. I'm sure we can send somebody to to Chicago. I don't know about you, Joel, but I might pitch to Sean. Uh, I might pitch to Sean that we'll split WrestleCade and Survivor Series and I'll work Survivor Series and he can work WrestleCade. I got to make a good impression of the, the Pittsburgh event first. Like if I screw up Pittsburgh, he's never let me go to do Survivor Series. So I got to do well in Pittsburgh first. Are you saying that John Cena reads inspirational tweets to other wrestlers that is now dead before it even hit the ground, Jeremy? No, that's a good bit. Are you kidding me? You got three minutes with these people. You're going to ask them these same old generic questions that everybody asks them. No, John Cena inspirational things a great bit. Ryan in the chat saying, Joel in my hometown of Chicago, Diet Coke's on me. You know what? I would take you up on that. I'm sorry that we didn't get to hang out in Toronto for uh, for Forbidden Door. Or if we did and I met you, I'm sorry. It was, there were a lot of people there. What? Wow, Joel. You're like, hey, sorry if we didn't hang out, but also sorry if we did <laughs> sorry if we hang did. out. <laughs> yeah, and that's usually how people approach interactions with me. <laughs> uh, but, and so the other thing I want to bring up, Jimmy... Uh, actually just tweeted seven years ago today the very first post went up on fightful.com it was a raw review written by sean ross sap uh so it's been seven years since fightful since our first uh, our first post i now realize why y'all are so obsessed with that who hit kevin owens with the pie bits was it that show it was that show oh, all right I don't actually think that's the correlation, but I do want to point out the interest that we suddenly have in that particular bit. Kevin Owens, who hit you with the pie? Let us know. He's answered that question before. Yeah, but he's, he's, I want the real answer. He's given that answer. He's given a real answer. Was it I've written answer? so many Kevin Owens pie bits, like legitimately. I think he just said like it was just somebody, some production guy off screen. Yeah, that, that's, the, that's the worst answer possible. Well, that's the real answer, though. What what answer do you want? I don't know. Maybe it was Snitsky and it wasn't his fault. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Why Solvos sent us a super chat. Thank you. Morning, guys. Wanted your insight on a thought. Kind of feels like titles across promotions have taken a backseat to feuds and grudges. EO, or I guess that's in your opinion, not EO Sky. What are the most prominent titles in wrestling right now? I was when I first read this, by the way, I read EO because she stylizes it all caps, and that's yeah. how she spells. So I very quickly realized, in your opinion. Uh, so, in your opinion, Sky is now how I will be uh, referring <laughs> to her. I thought when I was looking at it too, I was like EO. Oh, okay, it's in your opinion. I yes. actually pre-read it before I read it on on hair. <laughs> Uh, most prominent wrestling titles right now. What do you think, Jeremy? What are the ones that uh, stick out to you most? I definitely think like the, the Roman Reigns undisputed WWE world heavyweight universal championship, whatever they're calling that thing is, is the one that, that sticks out. Like that's still important. I understand like that is a, a feud grudge type thing. It's the, the cinema of the bloodline. That title is still important though and because he doesn't defend it all the time like it it becomes important i think uh athena and the roh women's title is super important she's done a lot with that title i think that's a very important title as well those are the two that like jump off to me right off top i think gunther and the intercontinental title that's that's become very important with how how he's defended it how often he defends it the type of matches he have it he has and it's not always like a concrete feud with him like so a lot of times it's just like hey this dude is basically the best i want to beat this dude don't test myself against this dude and the title is you know they want that title as part of that so those are the three that kind of come off to me 
I'm, I'm going to add that typically the best title uh, pictures are the ones that have a grudge of some sorts. And I understand that there are some views that are just kind of like, what are we doing here? Seth Rollins and Finn Balor, they're, that that world heavyweight championship is still very important we're just also kind of telling a side story of is the judgment day okay is bullet club okay bullet club is fine judgment day is fine so the idea here being that they all want that world heavyweight championship it just so happens that two guys in the same faction want it equally one has the shortcut being the money in the bank briefcase the other one is the guy who who still wants to get his revenge after seven years uh, of having held the universal championship for one day beat seth rollins and now he wants his his championship uh, back so that that's one i agree with you about gunter i'll add that the the undisputed tag titles are still equally important because everyone who's going after sammy and ko are still looking for the titles imperium still want those tag titles they're just annoying sammy and ko so it completely just plays into the story uh and athena of course uh, like you said is another big one if you want people who are just holding the title and fighting people week after week that's fine but i'm happier watching a bunch of feuds kind of build from this even uh oscar with charlotte and bianca that's another one that's building in a, in a pretty good way at least the story of bianca's organic upsetness uh wanting to get that title back in the way she's been treated so yeah that's kind of where i'm at i think Rhea needs a proper championship uh caliber challenger that's the word and we'll be seeing one i think in the next couple of weeks uh who natalia again i hope so she did a really good job <laughs> on monday let's do it again uh no i mean if you if if dave uh if dave Meltzer is to be believed in this case he's saying uh Raquel Rodriguez seems to be the play. Uh, uh, a, lo- a lot of women's matches on the proposed SummerSlam card. He uh, he had mentioned you've got Becky and Trish, you've got Raquel and Rhea, you've got the women's triple threat, Charlotte, Becky, and Asuka. Uh, sorry, Char- Charlotte, um, Asuka, and Bianca. Don't know why I did that one. And then, of course, you've got Ronda and, uh, and, and Shayna. So that's four women's matches off the bat that are really great. Uh, but thank you for the super chat, by Soul. It's a really good, uh, it's a really good comment, really good question. And uh, I, I want to ask you, actually, the, we didn't touch on the segment from Monday, and I've been kind of thinking about it. How did you feel about the opening of the Ronda and Shayna program? Shayna coming out on Raw and being like, hey, you know, you didn't pay your dues like I did. I hate wrestling now because of you. Now I want to fight you. <laughs> First of all, I, get our, I understand some of that is very <laughs> relatable. But what do you think of the segment? What do you think of, of, of the way that we're starting to shape up this story with Ron and Shayna? Um, it's good. I, I'm glad Shayna is getting this position because I think Shayna has long been one of the more underutilized people on the main roster, especially after the, the run she had in NXT, which was like she's four four years ago at this point four or five years ago which is uh kind of insane to think about um so i'm glad she's like getting a a good prominent position like this it does feel and i think many people have said this like sort of rushed and i guess it feels rushed i mean we had mentioned this of why it's this way of like we know what ronda wanted out of this kind of last half of however long she's going to be around she wanted a tag title run she wanted a program with Shayna. the fact that it's happening now makes everybody believe that she's not long for sticking around 
past this. She's not going to make it to, to a big mania match or anything like that. Or if she does, like it'll be some type of return. She's going to return and win the Royal rumble again is what I'm trying to say here, but she, she wanted this match. And so they did the turn and money in the bank, very surprising turn, but it worked. The crowd reacted, the crowd popped that, that turn 100% worked in that. And then I liked Shayna's promo of like, yeah, you haven't paid your dues. You just walked in here, big UFC star and got everything handed to you. And like, I didn't, I didn't like any of that it like some of it i think back to when ronda did return uh the the second time and she did that whole thing where she like paid the fine and Shayna was just trying to convince her just like play the game it's fine like like you just have to you just have to do this and accept this type of thing and now it's like okay well because she didn't accept that now you are mad at her because she didn't just pay her dues and play the game like it's some of it can be off if you actually remember that stuff. I don't think they're going to recall any of that. And I don't even think like most people care to remember a lot of the Ronda Rousey stuff that, that has happened. That wasn't uh, her first run. So they're, they're making the best out of it with this. And I do look forward to the match because um, it should be good. I know Ronda will work very hard in that match, Shane is a very good worker. And I think Ronda is going to do her absolute best to like make sure Shane shines in that match. So it's funny you say uh, nobody wants to remember the second run for Ronda Rousey. And I'm thinking to myself, the only thing I remember from the second run for Ronda Rousey is one, her losing to Liv Morgan uh, with money in the bank. And yeah. then the other thing was actually when she came back at the rumble and not the rumble win, but the promo she cut afterwards where the cheese. Oh. Just said, I'm going to go mack on my baby on the bus. And she didn't give a shit about being back. And it was clear as day that this was like Rhonda fulfilling the rest of her deal instead of actually wanting to be there the way it felt five years ago. And uh, yeah, this particular segment for me, I, don't get me wrong. I'm looking forward to Rhonda and Shayna. I think there's going to be a good chemistry there. They are their training partners. They are friends. They're, there's something there that interests me. The promo itself from Shayna, where she was like, you didn't pay your dues, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. Well, I mean, you've known that since the beginning of time. Like, <laughs> like why, did, why did this have to come up now and not years ago when Ronda first came to WWE and was winning championships? Why, why are you suddenly now upset about this? What, and I know we're not going to touch on that in, in storyline. It's just not going to happen. But I, I'm just I'm curious how we tell the story moving forward i'm sure it's just going to be the jealousy angle they're going to go for that and uh yeah and if ronda you know loses on her way out does business that's great hopefully makes uh shana baser look like a million bucks and then who knows what she does next if this is the end of her contract do you think there's a possibility with ufc 300 on the horizon so that happens a, a couple of things on this um first off if they're going to tell the jealousy thing, Rhonda's got to be the heel. She ain't getting cheered in this. She's got to lean into like, you're right. I didn't pay my dues because I was a big enough star to just come in here and get stuff handed to me because I made my name elsewhere and I brought value to this company that they didn't have beforehand. There's a reason why they put me with Kurt Angle against Triple H and Stephanie McMahon in that first match. There's a reason why there had been no women's main event WrestleMania before me and without me charlotte flair and becky lynch wasn't headlining that show they needed me in that match she's got to completely heal this thing up because she 
she ain't getting babyface reactions. It just ain't going to happen. So they have to do the best they can with Shayna to babyface that, right? Like they, because they, Shayna can't heal. Shayna, Shayna can't like turn that against her and be like, you, you were handed everything. Like I'm jealous of this. She has to basically go like, you didn't deserve all of this. And then the crowd will be more on her side with that. So I think that's where they have to go with Shayna is however they can babyface that. And I think that's what they were trying to establish on Monday of saying like, you know, you didn't pay your dues. You, you did ruin wrestling for me. Like this is all sucked. And yeah, you know, I get what you're saying of, yeah, you knew this, like you, you, now you have an issue with this. Now it's just, well, I got tired of, of riding that coattails. I got tired of just dealing with you. And I think that's how you have to, also do it is Shayna just kind of has to be like you know you were the one that was getting all the glory you were the one that did just rise to this level because stuff were handed for you and just like I just got tired of that I got tired of dealing with your attitude dealing with your crap dealing with you bragging about all of this like you don't know what this business is actually all about and that's how you could babyface Shayna out of this so that's why i didn't mind that stuff it just it kind of retcons history a little bit with with why they were initially paired up um as far as ufc 300 goes so the wife actually asked this she was like do you think ronda's just gonna go back to ufc or was that just too embarrassing for her and she's not gonna do it again uh amanda nunez is retired uh you know they these people come back all the time. So it's, it's not, yeah, it's not like it's out of their own possibility for her to come back. She's 35. Like, you know, still it's in cage fighting years. 35 is on the older side for, for most fighters. And Nunez certainly has like nothing left to prove after her last fight, after the way she's basically dominated the entire division. So right now there, there's a vacant title at, at bantamweight UFC 300 would be a huge, huge payday. Whoever the champion is for that, Ronda could easily, despite losing her last two fights, easily walk in there. And if she wants a title fight, she could have it. Or they could Brock Lesnar, the thing, find a good matchup for her. Like Mark Hunt was a very good matchup for Brock Lesnar. Mark Hunt hit really hard, yes, but very little takedown defense. And of course, Brock just took him down at will, held him down, beat him up for 15 minutes. They could find someone with very little grappling in that women's division that Ronda could potentially toss around and submit. The question then just becomes, does Ronda want to do that? Has she, I don't know how much she's actually been training like MMA, obviously a much different thing. She could get into a fight camp and stuff. Certainly. Um, It's just a question. Does she want to do that? Does she want to even potentially, you can have a good matchup, but it could still be like you get caught. You get punched, you get knocked out. I don't, her chin, it kind of is what it is. She hasn't been hit in a while. Does she want to get hit again like that? Does she want to deal with the potential embarrassment of losing like that again? That's just a question for Rhonda. I don't think it's a money thing at that point. She's good. She's got her money. She's living on her farm and everything. I don't think she's come back for money or anything. If she comes back, it's because of a desire to compete again. So, um, Think about the money, and I'm like, there's a lot of money on that table, though. There's a lot of opportunity. Well, there is. And, and on top of that, you've got a you've got a, a merger about to happen. You've got a, a UFC, WWE, Nuco, 
merger on the table. And this could be the first opportunity for both sides to work together in a completely different way. How many times have we talked about the opportunity for wrestlers and MMA fighters to kind of cross-pollinate? We see some of that right now in some of the promotional materials being sent out for UFC. You've got WWE stars touting UFC events. You don't have UFC stars touting WWE events yet, I'll tell you that much. But the idea here being that, you know, if you want to do a cross-pollination fight, uh, Ronda could be the perfect candidate because Brock probably ain't doing it. He did the Mark Hunt fight, and then they were just like, okay, we're good now. And Brock's like, ah, I'm fine. <laughs> we can go again if we want, but I, I don't think they want to do that with Brock. With Ronda, there's there's an opportunity there. Put her back in the cage. Give her one last shot um, or one last fight if it is. But yeah, you're right. She has a lot of a lot of questions that she needs to answer before she gets there. Um, I will say this much, going back to her time in WWE, one of her big you know, I want to's when she was in, when, when, when she was winding down was the tag titles, women's tag titles. Um, I don't believe for one second that she elevated the women's tag titles. There are people out there who seem to believe that she did because she won them. Um, but she lost them as fast as she won them. They combined in a good match against, uh, Dawn and fire, but guess what? Nothing's happened since. And also Rhonda and Shayna dropped those titles because guess what? another women's tag team decided to break up while they were women's tag team champions, which is like the most WWE thing going right now. Uh, I saw it in your face, but do you want to elaborate a little bit more? People who are saying, yeah, she changed the division for the tag titles. Do you think she was serious about that, knowing that she was going to be done by SummerSlam? Because again, if this whole hard out conversation is is to be believed and she said SummerSlam's it, I want to put over Shayna or I want to have a match against Shayna, why did we do this whole women's tag title thing? What was the point? I think she was serious about like wanting to do that, but she didn't do it because of the reason you just mentioned. They won and then they split. And I joked about this. I think it was on the show of like Shayna was like, we want competition. You know, we don't want to just be done defending these titles after four weeks because there's no more tag teams. And then they defended the title for like two weeks and then they split up because to drop them back to live and Raquel. So yeah, no, it didn't get elevated at all. Do I think she actually wanted to do that? Yes. It took a while and it took a while for, for various reasons, who knows the actual reason, but we know live got injured that delayed things a little bit. Should they have just gone with Rhonda and Shayna sooner? Probably when, when was this decided that, okay, Rhonda's kind of done as well. We don't know. Like, we know now that, okay, yeah, it seems like SummerSlam, that's the end of it because she's going to do the the match with Shayna and probably uh, dip out for a little bit. But when was that actually decided? You know, was that decided just a couple of weeks ago? Was it known months ago? And if it was known months ago, then, you know, what were we doing here? I think if it was known months ago, it was a case of, all right, well, we got to give them these tag titles just so they can say they, they've been pushing for it. They wanted it. It makes sense here in this spot to give them the tag titles. And then we'll go to the Shayna and Ronda feud. But I think without having that information, it's tough to just be like, oh, they shouldn't have done this. Because maybe they just didn't know when, what the timeline was actually going to be for this stuff. If it was decided weeks ago, I wouldn't be surprised if something some other stuff got in the way. If it was decided months ago, then why the hell did we go all this way? That's kind of where my uh, where my brain's at. I think if it was decided months ago, then they should then the turn should have happened against Fire and Dawn. 
because they had won the titles by that point. They'd won them because they were vacant, right? So, all right, you won them. You, you, it's on the record that you won them. Cool, good for you. And then the turn should have happened then. And then Fire and Dawn could have had them, kept them. They still could have faced uh, Liv and Raquel at Money in the Bank. Or maybe you just do... I, I, you can't do a rematch because Shayna, Shayna in turn. So yeah, they could have faced Fire and Dawn could have faced Liv and Raquel at Money in the Bank. They could have slow burned Rana, Ronda and Shayna a little bit, but maybe they wanted Ronda and Shayna at Money in the Bank in some capacity. Maybe you could have done a segment. I don't know. Like it, it again, just depends on the timeline. And if they knew it beforehand, that's up to them to figure out with their 500 writers. 500. My God, that's a lot of writers. Ryan says, uh, and this is actually, you know what? Like, I think he's kind of joking, but true forbidden door, Ronda and Paige Van Zant in the UFC. Legitimately, Paige Van Zant is a good matchup for Ronda if that's who she wants to come back and make some money with. One, it will make a lot of money. That's a big money fight. Paige Van Zant, not the best fighter in the world, uh, but still has name value, still has some some marquee there. And stylistically, Paige Van Zant, good striker, not much of a grappler. The moment Ronda gets a hold of her, she should be able to easily toss her down and and submit her. You know, Paige can maybe catch her on the feet, but like anybody can catch anybody on the feet. So I I think that's that's very similar to like a Mark Hunt, Brock Lesnar type thing. Is like, yeah, if it's standing long enough, there's a shot. Paige lands lands that strike that Ronda's not having having fun with. But the like the moment Rhonda gets like a hand on her, that's a wrap on the ground. That's a good point. I love it. We'll see how this uh, how this plays out. Maybe we'll be talking about Rhonda at UFC 300. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm not a not a big MMA guy, but uh, the interest will certainly be there. Uh, maybe maybe we can get uh, CM Punk to join us instead. Let's. Uh, CM Punk. Why is CM Punk going to join? Is he going to fight at UFC 300? Oh, yeah, why not? I think he should, but. Uh, Listen, I brought up CM Punk because I wanted to start uh, transitioning over to AEW talk because we've got uh, Delmi Exos joining us, the MLW Women's Featherweight Champion at 11.30. Let's dive right into AEW talk, and that'll take us right to 11.30 when Delmi joins us. Uh, Dynamite, man, we will talk about blood and guts, but let's start off with probably the segment that everyone uh, was talking about, and that was Adam Cole Bebe and MJF's little birthday celebration after they won their tag match uh i mean this was fun but let's let's talk about it jeremy did you enjoy it is it too wwe for you was it what did you think of this whole thing i've seen people that didn't like this and for the people that didn't like this i just have to ask how are you at parties why are you so lame if you didn't like this like this was a very fun segment i i think both of them play their role very well and the crowd ate up every second of this as well this is always this has been my biggest thing really since since we we've started this show and i've started paying attention to to just more and more i don't say nuances but just like when I stopped valuing my opinion and what my opinion means and just started like looking at a bigger picture type of thing, the crowd loved it. And if the, it gets a reaction like that from the crowd, it gets the designed reaction from the crowd. Something's hitting, right? Something is absolutely hitting. If it gets that reaction 
from the crowd. And so I, I thought this was great. Like the, the complaint seems to be, oh, MJF is the world champion. He should be in a serious type of feud. Why is he just palling around and doing a Damien Sandow shtick with Adam Cole? I saw that, by the way, Joel Pearl. They reduced MJF to the Mizdow character, just mimicking Adam Cole. Like, why is he doing this as the world champion? It's like, one, it's definitely not the same. Two, it's like they everyone's eating this up and everyone's enjoying this. And there are just different ways to get to a to get to a singles match, to get to a to do a feud, right? Not everything has to be, I'm super serious, I'm the best, I'm gonna beat you for this reason. I like that stuff, by the way. I like the real sports element of pro wrestling but i also like the sports entertainment element of pro wrestling and you think back to like chris jericho and kevin owens did this like the the festival friendship thing just their entire dynamic relationship that was all hilarious that was all fun and games that wasn't always like i'm the best type of thing like the way they acted friendly and then the turn was huge rock and sock i understand that the world title they weren't like world champion when they were friends and everything but like they did a lot of this stuff it is fine this this comedy kind of stuff even if it's a world title is involved is fine as long as it's getting over and this is getting over i will take this style of segment this this type of acting this type of build from mjf over everything he's done so far as champion how many times have we and others sat here and been like okay what's he gonna do he's gonna come out here he's gonna basically what he did with with adam cole to start which was you're a great guy i'm gonna put you over and then i'm gonna say that one twist of the knife comment and we're off to the races and that's the mjf way or it has been for the last little while did the same thing with danielson did the same thing uh with with punk even like it was just it was always the needling and this is now a different MJF, um, not a character, but it's a different way of MJF telling his story of being world champion and basically working alongside his challenger because inevitably it's Adam Cole who's going to challenge for that world title. But what we're doing here is twofold. One, MJF think he's, thinks he's got one over on, on Adam Cole. And Adam Cole to a certain degree is like, little bites here and there because adam cole was a bad guy for the longest time he knows and he just he he's like i kind of want to do this stuff because it's like second nature to me but on the other hand he's like but i'm also a good guy now so i don't want to be a total piece of trash and then mjf is just playing it up and he's just like yeah we're best pals so he's kind of like mirroring adam cole in that way so that he can like be what he thinks a baby face should be now and then eventually and inevitably there will be a split and mjf will be beat the shit out of Adam Cole and there will be a mean streak and there will be something that builds to the world title match. This segment though is like part one of this entire feud of this entire, of this chapter of the feud. We did, we did chapter one. Chapter one was, was the time limit draw the, the um, championship contenders match, but they called a title eliminator match. Thank you. I had to I'd think about that for a second and that was fine. And again, that match was fantastic and people continued to lot. It. it was great. But we have to continue telling the story of how we get Adam Cole back to a match with, with MJF. And this is one way to do it. If this title eliminator is the blind eliminator, tag eliminator, is here specifically to get Cole and MJF back to the world title match, that I don't like. But 
if this whole thing is to start getting people behind the the feud again and continue to get them invested in it, it's perfect. The segment was great. It was a lot of fun. The cake spot where Cole got one over on MJF and then says, sincerely, thank you. I loved it. And again, we talked about it on Wednesday. How funny is it that you have MJF popping into Chug's Twitch stream and like trying to be funny and like calling him on the phone, doing little things that advance the story without completely needing you to go and watch. Those things make me get a little bit more invested um, without having to expect to be there to get it. Like, I, how many times have we talked about being the elite uh, sometimes being used as like the vessel to continue elite storylines when there aren't nearly as many people watching being the elite as there are watching dynamite on a given week there. It's, it's just how you tell the story and putting major plot points on BTE wasn't exactly helping the, the larger story being told on, on a dynamite or rampage or wherever it was at the time. This was fine. That what they're doing now is, is really good with MJF and Cole. So um, I like the segment. Don't understand people who don't. Uh, but I also do because some people think that, you know, everything should be serious all the time in professional wrestling. And to those people, I say, Go watch the NWA. <laughs> <laughs> I love the the little like I think Adam Cole has actually been really good in this. And, and this is not I'm not trying to like downplay how, how good Adam Cole typically is, but like MJF, we know his range, right? He's shown his range throughout his entire time in AEW. There are very few people who can pull off the song and dance like he did with Chris Jericho. Very few people. And MJF has always shown like this kind of range of like, yeah, I can kind of make an ass of myself. I can also be serious when I turn it. And I don't always love MJF shtick when it comes to, especially his villain origin, origin story stuff. I much prefer this kind of MJF stuff than like, let me tell you why I'm so despicable. Everyone's like, all right, dude, I get it. I much prefer this like kind of campy, mjf but who still like believes he's he's the best out there and still believes he is better than you like i i like this mjf but adam cole has been very good with his like little little expressions of like am i liking this guy like is he making sense here like maybe he is gonna be my friend but even if he's not my friend i kind of get where he's coming from i love the i, I love the, their bonding over their hatred of tony shivani like that's fantastic to me. Like I, the, the, like Adam Cole has that little doubt in his mind because he knows it, he knows MJF's shtick by now. He knows like, Oh, he's going to try to befriend me. And then he's going to turn on me. This is what he does. This is what he does with everybody. I'm hip to this. I know what's going on here. And you know, it, they did the segment with Roddy of like, no, I, he, he admit he flat out admitted. He's like, I know what's going to happen. I'm just doing this to go along with it. And then I'm going to get him. He admitted that too, right? He's like, MJF isn't going to watch this show. By the way, I do have an issue with that. Him saying MJF doesn't watch this show. I totally believe MJF does not watch Dynamite. I 100% or Collision. I believe all of that. MJF does his shit, gets out, goes home, does whatever. MJF is also very online. And I guarantee he's seen this clip. He's seen this clip somewhere. So he might not watch the show, but he's online. And he's seen that clip. All right. Like I like that Adam Cole is like understands what's going on here, and yeah, the the cake MJF's like oh, I'm gonna shove his face, and Cole like knows because he just knows the the deal, so he reversed it. But again, that doubt in there with Cole of like, 
no, maybe he's not so bad. Maybe he actually is. Like, he's having fun. And I think the fact that MJF just, like, sits there and, like, they're saying that they're chanting, eat the cake, and he eats the cake and everything. And he's not, like, getting up and all pissed vinegar and trying to fight Cole. And he just, like, kind of takes it. Like, haha, that was fun. I think those moments, Cole, it makes Cole think, like, maybe he is, like, kind of genuine on this. And I think they're both playing their role really well. And I, I do... I am curious to see like how it is. My guess is that MJF does reveal his big despicable plan. And it might be uh, something that, that you had mentioned of uh, MJF paid Samoa Joe to take out Roddy strong. I don't know if Kyle O'Reilly can have any type of physical activity at this point, but even if he can't, if they could shoot something with O'Reilly where he gets taken out, if Bobby fish wants a payday, to uh you know because he stopped collecting social security like maybe they could do something there with shoot something with bobby fish where he gets taken out like maybe they can do something like that um to to like really hammer home the despicableness of mjf but that's where i I guess they're gonna i assume they're going to go with this is that mjf reveals his grand master plan but i would be interested if adam cole just continues to get one up on him and then MJF just gets so angry at this. He's like, you know what? Let's just fight now. Like, I'm I'm tired of playing these games. I'm just going to full out prove that I'm better than you in the ring. Who won? Who got the pinfall? Do you remember on Wednesday? In the match? Yeah. Uh, it was Cole, I believe. Cole? Yeah, okay. it was Cole. Yeah. I'm still wanting to keep an eye on that. Because if Cole does a lot of the work and ends up getting the victories, that's going to possibly play into the whole uh, the end of it. I'm pretty sure Cole hit the the boom knee and got got the got the pen. I'll double check on yeah, this because I don't want to be incorrect. But uh, uh, yeah, boom. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. Adam Cole got the pen. Okay, so there you go. It, it might play into it. We'll see what the next round does. But uh, I, I know you mentioned MJF watching, and you know someone sent him a clip because he's so online and everything. Um, Impact actually did something really fun. This past week on last night's show, Trinity confronts Deanna Perrazzo because the week before, Deanna took her sweet time coming down to the ring to save Trinity from a beatdown from Giselle Shaw and Savannah Evans. And this week, Trinity was like, I went back and watched. And like, you you took your sweet ass time getting into the ring. And I like that. And again, I like it when they... We're, we're not idiots. Like unless your show is happening then or like someone's going to tip you off. That's just the way it is. You're not not watching the show everyone's watching the show or at least consuming some part of the show or being told about it. So uh, I, I like the idea that MJF did see the clip, but he, he's not watching the show, but he's certainly uh, made aware of these things. So I like that. Why Solo sent us a super chat saying, has this generation of wrestlers leveled up what we as fans should expect in regards to character work and development in wrestling? Are we going to have to seriously consider acting awards for them? Um, so, <laughs> I, I don't want anyone to take this the wrong way, especially if you are a wrestler who may be watching this show or getting notes. Um, I'm sorry. You guys are wonderful in the ring. A lot of you are great athletes, actors. Many of you are not. Um, to, the, to the same degree of a professional, full-time actor other than Jey Uso. Who's gonna win an Emmy for his role? I almost did it. I almost did it. No, I don't think. I don't. I think that the acting has improved over time. I think one of the coolest things about NXT UK during the pandemic was that they did a lot of skull sessions. They did a lot of work on their character and on their acting. And I wish that more wrestling companies and promotions who invest in talent will do that. And I hope that more wrestlers 
spend more time refining their characters, asking people what works, what doesn't, taking improv sessions, doing things that really get them uh, more well-rounded as a character because there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, I do think that the character work has gotten better over years because it's had to. It's almost, uh, it's inevitable and it's a necessity. You can't just be guy who kicks ass. There are those people. Take a look at Miro, but Miro also has a bit of a, a story going on with himself right now where he is, you know, originally he was going for his God. He was doing everything was a sacrifice to his God. Now he's completely tossed that out the window. And now we're restarting. We don't know what Miro is, but Miro's got to refine himself and still be a dominant guy. Um, I, Jeremy, your thoughts on all this stuff. I think Ryan says, y'all should have RJ city to talk about acting and wrestling. Can What's I send up? this link to RJ again? And be like, Hey, RJ. <laughs> This time it's coming from you, Jeremy, not from me. <laughs> I've I've been I've been talking with RJ actually throughout the show, and we've had a pleasant conversation. Although I did screw up, I can't type correctly, and uh, I think he might be mad at me. Oh, um, you said anything nice about me while you're no, there? Absolutely. So I, I think when it comes to this is I don't know if they've, they've they've like leveled up, and like we should expect in regards to character work and development. I think the best stuff has always been sort of the character work and development like if you look throughout history at least since the let's 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 call it the attitude era right let's steve austin had a very defined character and development of that character kind of the same thing with the rock where he went from rocky via who was booed to nation rock to corporate rock who sold out to big babyface rock and everything like the nwo was a cast of until they watered it down a cast of characters you understood and about sting and i understand sting didn't wrestle for a year but you knew that that character that motivations what his ultimate goal was i think the best stuff has always been the kind of this character work and development type of thing it's just i don't know if we don't see it as much nowadays i think in some regards it's stretched out a little bit more and i'm talking bloodline specifically here like this has been basically a three-year thing that's been the same family interacting for three whole years on this and they've thrown wrinkles in there like like sammy and kevin being the the two biggest but like it's been the same family interaction for three years now but i think the best stuff has always just been the, the character work and the development of those characters and that's what connects more than no offense to great dream matches and everything but it, it hasn't that doesn't seem to connect as much i and i'll i'll use i'll use an example of a, a recent example of forbidden door brian danielson and okada which two wrestlers who i think everybody loves two wrestlers who I, are considered two of the best of all time that match even though it was just the marquee match it was the main event it was hey come watch two of the best do what they do wasn't as anticipated even going in as Osprey and Omega because Osprey and Omega had the character development and the history and the rivalry behind it and coming out of it. And I understand circumstances with Danielson and Omega, but I think even if that had hit the way it was supposed to hit, I don't know if that would have been as good of a match as Danielson or as Osprey and Omega, because there just wasn't as much meat and story behind it. There's just different levels when it comes to character work and development on stuff like 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 you kind of said about about Miro like he can be a badass still have the character 
and everything. But then there's just a different level above that uh, when it comes to somebody like a, Ro- a Roman Reigns, who also is kind of a badass running through everybody. But the actual work he's putting, the story he is given compared to Miro, where that's almost just like a singular character doing his own thing. It's how much is being put into it, the actual storyline with that character and how developed that that character and story is. At the end of the day, they all deserve some sort of recognition for what they're doing. Well, okay, so you you make the Emmy joke. Can I understand? Michael Cole was on uh, Pat McAfee's show. Thank yesterday. you. I was going to bring this up. Go ahead. Yeah, and he mentioned the the Emmy thing, and he's like, Roman Reigns should win Best Supporting Actor uh, ty- or Best Actor type of thing, and all all of this whatnots. Um, and McAfee mentioned the ESPYS, which. I kind of don't mind of the ESPYs type uh, of the ESPYs being out there because like it is still uh, an athletic program. I know WWE has their own like ESPY category and they'll never win these awards, by the way, never in a million years would they win like best team. They're not going to give best team to the bloodline over. They basically give it to whoever won the NBA championship or the NFL uh, championship. That's basically who wins the best team. So they'll never win anything like that. But should they like just kind of be nominated for some of these categories? Should like Ricochet be nominated for like best male athlete? I and I you probably wouldn't use Ricochet because he's not winning titles or anything. Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is a guy who wrestles a lot, world champion, has really good matches and stuff. Should should Seth Rollins be nominated for like best male athlete? Like I think there's something to that. And honestly, and I kind of get this point that Michael Cole was making as well. And McAfee kind of made this too. Like, I understand why, like, the Emmys and the ESPYs aren't going to recognize WWE for this this work and stuff. But, like, is there harm in, in like, ensemble group award? Like, SNL gets nominated for stuff, right? Like, they, their sketches or whatever get nominated for stuff. Is there harm in just, like, sure, Nominate the trial of Roman Reigns tonight on WWE SmackDown, 8 p.m. Eastern, live on Fox. Nominate this segment for just an Emmy award. Have it be part of the five, six, seven, however nominations out there. Have it just be part of that. Like, is it is there harm in this? Or am I just like, uh, no, WWE, it shouldn't be considered for this at all. I don't think WWE needs to be considered for this. I also don't think that they need to be. Um, I, I don't think they deserve to win. Listen, I'll bring this up. Rev and Survivor says, if Rhea Seahorn didn't win an Emmy, Roman they shouldn't win. doesn't deserve one. They shouldn't win. Look, but- I don't think you're, you're winning at all. I don't think they should be, like Roman Reigns should not be in the category of best actor. Okay, I don't think that should be. What's the harm in putting them in the same categories like SNL? Because for them, it's all or nothing. For them, for WWE, it's, it's their it's it's WWE or nothing. It's not Roman Reigns is nominated for this. No, it's WWE is nominated for this. The only way that they're going to let it be Roman Reigns is, nominated is if they decide as WWE that this is the way they want to do it. And at that point, it's still only Roman Reigns and it's not the company. Everything they do when it comes to these awards or these events is based on what are you doing for us, the company? Not what are you doing for the wrestler? The accolade to WWE means nothing to the wrestler and everything to the company. That's why they aren't even 
in they're not even interested in segments. They're interested in the entire show so that they can say, look how amazing we are, aka us in the production truck and, and behind the show, Vince McMahon, Triple H, those people. Look how great we are. The everyone else is just a paid, you know, acting independent contractor dirty word here. They don't matter. We matter because we're the ones who are paid the salary to run the damn thing. And I don't think that that's right uh, from a human perspective, but that would not surprise me to be the reasoning behind why they want it to be the, the full ensemble cast, not the one breakout individual. So should, so Michael Cole mentioned like WrestleMania, how is WrestleMania not nominated or something? I don't know what category you fit that in. But it would like be when in, you look at like the other award shows, it would be in that. It would be in what? Like with the other award shows that get nominated, it would be in that category. Okay. Like if you do look at the overall scope of WrestleMania and all that goes into it, production, pyro, makeup, style, performance, can, can it not be somewhere nominated and there, there's a lot that goes into WrestleMania. And that is a whole, as a company, we as a company win for WrestleMania. Do you I don't want, think they'd win, by the way. Do you want to say nominated or winning Best Drama, which is a big, you know, award that is seen towards the end of the show and covered by all the major entertainment papers? Or are you going to win, like, Best variety one-time show that had a main event yada yada basically one of those sub 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 genres that gets either given out in the pre-show or at the beginning of the main wwe will not let themselves be that they will only let themselves be the main event themselves they're not gonna they, they won't take anything other than what you see in that last hour of award giveaways could they win for one, for like the best live event, blah 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 production. I mean, in certain aspects, yeah, they can win a shit ton of technicals if they wanted to. They've got a great staff working on those events. There's some really cool stuff that they that they do, uh, but it's not big enough for them, so they don't bother. Whereas if if AEW Dynamite goes for an Emmy nomination, the world goes crazy and gets excited for it. But as you and I talked about, like there's a hundred people on the ballot, so. Is it really doing anything? Does it really matter? But that's, again, it, it, in terms of the immediate news, people are like, oh, that's cool. You know, they're going to win. And then people make jokes and it's fine. And then they don't win and we all forget about it. So, like, there's there's accompanying sides to all this, but I feel like WWE's whole, like, hard line on this is if it's not big, it's not important. And being, unless it's the, the best drama series or best live event series, whatever's given out at the end of the Emmys, they're not interested if they're not getting it or they're not nominated for it. So what you're saying is yes. the Emmys needs to purchase the Slammies and have the Slammies as part of the Emmy presentation. That way WWE yes. just gets their own category. Yes. That's on, exactly as it. part of the Emmys. Yes, just like the Emmys, that's exactly it. The Slammies need to come back. They need to give one to Will Smith for best action sequence of 2022 and then everything else is going to be a WWE sponsored award um yeah i like why can't WWE be nominated for outstanding variety series like WWE raw outstanding variety series because it's not given out at the end of the night and because as much as vince mcmahon sees wwe as snl 
it's not important enough to them because to them, it's like, we're more than that. We're, I don't, we don't want to be pigeonholed into this one demographic or this one style. It's just not something I think they're interested in. So There's you no think prestige. this is, you think this is all just a WWE call that, that just like WWE is like, okay, if we're not going to be in the final hour of the program, we don't want, we don't even, don't even bother calling us. I think there's a part of that. And I also think that it's been so many years of them trying to knock on the door. And now it's just more of a, yeah, sure. Okay. If you want to invite us to prom now that we're hot. Okay. Now that we've grown into our, our situation, this is what we want to do. I'm bringing back your prom analogy. I know whenever called you for prom, <laughs> trying to bring it back and basically saying now the WWE is hot and they've grown into their, they've grown into their body. Uh, nobody wants, to, everyone wants back. them but they don't want to do it back then. They didn't want them. Now they hot hose all on them. They, back then they didn't yeah. want them. Now I'm hot. They all on them. But that's the whole point of this thing is that back when WWE was trying to find that notoriety, the Emmys were on their table. And then they realized we don't need the Emmys to be popular. We don't need the Emmys to get money and fill arenas. We're doing it on our own with the storytelling that we have now, now, two, three, four years ago, different story. But what they're doing now, I wouldn't be surprised that it's like, yeah, it's nice. We got our own shtick and it's doing pretty well. The circus circus comes to town and we uh, we break records there. The money is what draws them, not the winning an award because they're not going to go on the air every week and be like the award winning Emmy award winning WWE. They're, they're, they will. they're not anymore. They would, but I don't think they care anymore to do it. Oh, I think they would. I think they would. I think they want that accolade one way or not. Even if it's even if it is during the pre-show. Like you're still there. You're still in the discussion. You're still getting the publicity from all of that. They love that publicity. Maybe. There's also the fact that like Hollywood just doesn't see wrestling as a serious entity of entertainment. They see it as the circus and the circus is lowbrow. And that's just the way it is. Hollywood's the circus. Yes, absolutely. But WWE is the, is the poor man's circus. They can't get nominated for a sports Emmy. They nominate all the kinds of stuff for a sports Emmy. Who do we can't get nominated for that? They some of their docs, hundred percent at one point should have been considered for a sports Emmy. Something like a like a three sixty or one of their chronicles. The chronicle not so much, but the three sixties when they started, man, they were putting their all into that production. They did a lot of good stuff with it. But uh, that's that's kind of where I'm at with the Emmy stuff. Um, we have a few minutes until. Wait a second. Uh, wait a second. Wait a second. I know Del Miexo is is set to join us here at eleven thirty. I understand that. Thank you for getting that. Yeah, I know. I know where you're going with that. Okay. The ends with Nickelodeon's Kids Choice Awards or an MTV award so actually that's a thing that is a thing they send people to those award shows because guess what wwe is marketed towards the people watching those award shows they want the kids watching it they want the kids being like wow look at those guys they're so big and muscular i can go watch raw and see them every week on usa or whatever it is that's what they want they want to use the their people as as a promotional tool that's the means there they could win a razzie is funny (laughs) emmy awards I'm going to throw this out there. Emmy Awards, whoever runs that, Mr. Emmy, Mrs. Emmy, Mr. and Mrs. Emmy, call WWE up. Call them up. 281-330-8004. Hit WWE up on the low because WWE has already blown. Hit them up. 
Get them to the Emmys, all right? 281-330-8004. Say it with me, Joel. 281-330-8004. Hit them up on the low. They're hot now, Joel. They're hot. They're hot? Yes, they are hot. hot now. Take them to the prom. <laughs> MLW World Women's Featherweight Champion Delny Exo does join us in a few minutes. Uh, and I did want to talk about Blood and Guts. I still want to talk about Blood and Guts. I want to talk about specifically the FIFA Select report that dropped yesterday about uh, a certain potential fifth man. Kota Ibushi. Yeah, Kota Ibushi. There have been some talks, according to FIFA Select. Nothing's con- nothing, nothing's you know 100 nothing is confirmed but there have been talks that has at least been put out there uh what do you think is coda the fifth man brother on one side it's got it's got to be right like they the way they have teased this the way omega has, has talked about this stuff if it ain't Kota obushi i think you're gonna have disappointed people i will say omega the teases have been off air right like he hasn't said anything really on air that makes you believe it's Kota obushi because until recently you know, we didn't know what if it was going to be five on five, if it was going to be four on four, we just didn't know until Wednesday where they announced, oh, hey, yeah, it's five on five. Eddie can't make it. He's in the G1. Danielson can't do it because of his injury. So each team, each side is going to have a mystery person on there. I think that was like they knew Eddie was in the G1 months ago. So when they when they announced it. So I think Coda was kind of always that sort of plan on the elite side or yeah, on the elite side for the Blackpool side, they didn't know Danielson's injury until a couple weeks ago. So they've had to reverse course there, but the way Kenny has teased this, you're telling your hardcore fans who pay attention to everything that it's Kota Ibushi. What if it's Kaz Hayashi? It's not Kaz Hayashi. Why is it not Kaz Hayashi? Because it's, it's just not, why are you trying to, what is this Kaz Hayashi narrative? They had a bunch of matches in like the mid 2010s. I hope it's Yoshiniko. That that was funny. Someone did mention that, and I had a good yeah. laugh about that. Uh, or the nine-year-old girl, because uh, <laughs> there have been there have been rumors forever that she became the Starlight Kid. So uh, yeah. that, that would be fun. But no, that's it. Koda coming in, Koda Ibushi doing blood and guts. I mean, there's a certain group of people who will be very into that idea, and I get it. Will it help fill uh, the the TD Garden? Don't know. But again, they're telling a good story. Going back to storytelling and wrestling being what's what's very popular these days, uh, if you can fill TD Garden with the elite and with the Blackpool Combat Club and whoever their fifth guy is, it, is it going to be Chris Jericho, or is that going to be a big old swerve? What do you think? So Dave, on Wednesday they they sort of teased it being Chris Jericho, right? Because Callis asked them to join the family. So it seemed like, oh, hey, maybe it's Chris Jericho. I still think, and I said this on Spotlight yesterday, I think that Homicide makes the more storytelling sense to be part of the Blackpool Combat Club team. Last time we saw Homicide in AEW, he was helping Moxley and Kingston win at, uh, I guess it was Rampage, Grand Slam. Uh, Moxley and Homicide teamed at the recent New Japan Strong Independence Day event um homicide has a lot of ties to to moxley he's got a lot of ties to eddie kingston you're still telling a moxley and eddie kingston story as part of all this as well even though eddie is not going to be part of blood and guts i think homicide really advances that because then then when eddie comes back he looks at homicide he's like dude what what are you doing like you can't you can't 
you were there with me to celebrate my title win, but then you leave instead of like being there for me in the G1, you go leave to help Moxley. Like, what are you doing? Taking his calls. Maybe Kingston is like, you know what? I respect that. Like you, you, you got this opportunity. Cool. Good on you. But now like I look at you a little bit differently because you're doing that. So I think there's a story there with homicide uh, involved to be on the Blackpool side more than Jericho. Jericho feels very shoehorned of just, and maybe they had to do this because Danielson's injured. Obviously Danielson would have been the original plan. So maybe it just had to be like, all right, we don't have Danielson. Who's a big name. Chris Jericho, come on down. And he's got the ties with Callis. There's obviously there with Omega as well. Osprey could make some sense. Um, the problem is he's also in the G1, so we can go ahead and rule out Will Osprey. Uh, so I I get if they if they're trying to do Jericho. I think the better story is Homicide. We are going to continue this conversation very shortly because our our guest has arrived. She is here. Let's bring her on. Ladies and gentlemen, the MLW World Featherweight Champion. She's got a defense this Saturday, July the 8th in Philadelphia at the 2300 Arena at MLW Never Say Never. It's going to be this woman versus Ava Everett for the WXW Women's Championship and the World Featherweight Championship title versus title. We've got now the one, the only, tell me XO. Hello. Hello. Thank you so Hi. Much. Fun, guys. It's Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, happy Friday. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're happy to be on a Friday morning just <laughs> just getting it all taken care of. Are you excited for uh, for tomorrow for Never Say Never? I'm so excited. Uh, I have chills. <laughs> it's uh, MLW's first like live pay-per-view that I will be a part of. And so it just feels so much more like intense, like pressure on. <laughs> it's a big deal because you've also got a chance to become – a double champion. You could be walking out with that WXW women's championship and with your MLW uh, world featherweight championship. You, there are other champ champs out there. Deanna Perrazzo has been a champ champ. Ty Valkyrie, who you've beat for that MLW title. She's been a champ champ. Bailey, Sasha Banks, Mercedes Bernardo, uh, Tam Nakano. Listen, let's, let's say that you become a double champ and you have the opportunity to become a triple champ. Who does Del Miexo want in the, championship world um well i do have an opportunity this month actually to become a triple crown champion if you will um if i do manage to and i have my heart set on winning the wxw title at mlw i do have another title opportunity for uh pro wrestling grind for the grind grand championship which is basically like a heavyweight title and so that could put me at three belts. But right now I do have to take my steps one step at a time, you know, and I'm aiming for that second title. I mean, you mentioned some of the greats who I have looked up to and studied before, like the Deanna Perrazzos of wrestling, who have held multiple titles from different companies at a time. And to have an opportunity to be close to what their level is, is just insane. Like I idolize those women. So here we are. <laughs> I want to go back to your, your title victory over Taya Valkyrie. And the match took place in uh, in April. And then it just aired like a few weeks ago, I feel like, uh, on, on YouTube. 
when you are watching the match back a, a couple of weeks, like you know the results and everything, but two months after the match has happened, you're sitting down, you're watching this. Like, what is going through your head as you're you're finally able to see this play out on television? I feel like, um, yeah, to your credit, it happened like two months before, and I think because it wasn't a live experience, like we are kind of in an age where everything is live stream. So you get that instant gratification, not only from the crowd, but you get it from like the people watching at home. And when I did win the title, not having that sort of instant hype behind it and like being able to like run with it right away kind of felt like I didn't actually win it yet. Um, And so like having it air, it was just like, and having all that support come out from it airing and like people seeing it and like seeing how it played out was just like, so like rewarding. There was such a rewarding feeling. It was just like, like it happened. It's real. And it just felt so much more connected to the actual championship than the match itself. You mentioned uh, in an interview that you, the, the MLW contract that you were given, if it felt like it was a dream or that you dreamed it was happening. Does it feel a little more real now that you've signed the contract, been on the TV, and you've also held that title on TV? Now it's a little more real? How does it feel? It, it does feel more real. Like, honestly, even when I won the belt, there's always just an a chance where they could just scrap the episode or lose the footage. And then it's like, Oh, sorry, we got to take the belt back. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's show business. So like having it air finally, it just finally felt like, Oh my God, I'm here. I'm like in this company. Like this is where I belong right now. What are your goals for the, the MLW women's featherweight division? It's still a, a relatively new division. I mean, you're the second champion in the, the history of, of the division. And Taya Valkyrie, who was mm-hmm. the first champion, is now uh, she's gone. She's moved on to, to AEW. So as the face of the division, as the person carrying this division, what are your overall goals for the division? Um, I have a lot of goals in terms of who I would like to wrestle in the featherweight division, I kind of want to bring in a lot of fresh faces who maybe haven't gotten that time to be in front of a crowd such as MLW or being at the ECW arena. Um, I'm trying to work on bringing in more women who are ready for that opportunity and are willing to take it and step up and be able to perform on that level. Uh, There's a lot of talent out there that kind of you know, there's so much talent. So it's not that they're getting overlooked for the wrong reasons, but trying to give more opportunities to the women who are working hard for it. And I hope to, you know, be the person to lead the charge. Trying to trying to think of it. Uh, I was, I was going to ask a question about uh, winning a WXW championship and then having to go to Germany. I don't think you've wrestled over in Europe, have you? I have not wrestled over in Europe. I haven't even, like, traveled to Europe uh, for, like, any sort of reason. Um, I am excited if I would have to go to Germany, uh, I means I have to learn another language, but <laughs> I'm going to work so hard on trying, um, I can't drink beer. So I got that going for me. I was going to ask German beer, maybe some schnitzel. I don't know if you're a vegetarian or anything like that, but you can schnitzel anything. You just batter it and fry it. I'm sure you could make do. Uh, yeah, you might have to, to learn a little German or at least, you know, figure out the, uh, the German isms to, to get over in WXW. 
Yes, definitely. I know wiser, so. <laughs> <laughs> add, add wiser to to the end of uh, of everything. Uh, you mentioned you have your your eye on some talent out there. Like who who out there is like all right? This person d- deserves an opportunity on kind of a bigger stage. Um, Jordan Blade. She's someone who I. Uh, she doesn't have a style that gets done a lot. And I really like how committed she is to working her like technical jujitsu style. It's really like a breath of fresh air, especially like the look that she has. Not a lot of people have that look and she's just such a fun person to be around too. Like she's such a genuine person who would fit in any locker room. Um, Paris Van who's been coming up in new, new England area is also someone who's been like, putting in the work she's the current chaotic panoptic champion and she's been making a lot of strides to improve herself and she has like a great gimmick she's such like a bratty little teenager to me so definitely someone who i would see bringing in uh you have the distinct honor or at least opportunity to have come up in the wrestling business with your sister ashley (laughs) And the two of you were teaming as uh, as Team C stars. Uh, tell me about Aiden, not just teaming with the sibling, but also being on the road together, traveling together. I know you've spoken very highly of that, um, but let's go the other way of this. Tell me one thing you loved and tell me one thing you maybe really disliked about traveling with your sister. Oh, she always forgot stuff. <laughs> she always would, like, conveniently, I would always have to remember, like, okay, shampoo, conditioner, body wash. And I would pack like the travel size portion for myself. And then she would always be like, hey, can I borrow, of course, like your product? And then she would use it all. And so I wouldn't have anything for myself. And she has, I don't know if you like realize this, but she has way less hair than me. Her hair always being cut short. My hair being worn long for the majority of the time we team together. And it's like, why did you finish all the shampoo? There's no reason. Oh. Sorry, the room I'm in is like. <laughs> I thought we were giving a run in. <laughs> I, I thought she was she was there. She just cut the lights out on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, this is going to turn into an aerobic session next. <laughs> Normally, the hand gesture works. Today, it didn't work. <laughs> Uh, so, so I mean, with that in mind, I, I the first time I saw you two was was actually at the summit in 2019 in Toronto, uh, tag teaming as as Team C Stars. What's what's the status uh, of of the tag team and, and Ashley wrestling and and things like that? Right now, Ashley is currently out with an injury. It's kind of a stubborn injury. It's um, her shoulder, which I'm sure, uh, as we've known from like other athletes, shoulders are one of those like body parts that are so frustratingly tricky um originally it was supposed to like heal on its own and then come to find out it wasn't healing correctly so she had to go in for surgery and now she's back into like the pt and like trying to get it to heal back so it's 100 percent um not sure on an eta for when her in-ring return would be but possibly next year and still planning to uh reprise the team or you two just kind of Go in your separate ways oh, and letting it go. We're like the Hardys. Like we'll we'll be able to tag or we'll be able to do singles. Like that's it's my girl. <laughs> I get it. I do. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I, I want to ask about this Russian chain match that you had against Masha Slamovich, who is is no stranger to kind of more hardcore death matches and is no stranger to more physical matches. How how did that come about and how was that experience wrestling Masha Slamovich in a Russian chain match? Uh, it was so, so cool because like she's someone who doesn't really hold back and the way she uses weapons and a lot of times like people could kind of like either have a match like that and not be as committed to it but anytime she's in those kind of matches she's just so 100% committed in the act of it and that is hardcore wrestling was something I originally wanted to get into um but I just never ended up having opportunities to do that. Like, I never had storylines that led to that, being a tag team wrestler for most of my time. Um, so, like, getting the opportunity to do a match like that and then with someone who you knew was going to, like, be there 100% was just so cool. Like, I don't ever need to do one again. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about your time in Japan, especially... You were there in 2020. You were there right as the world was starting to become aware of COVID and protocol and shutting down. Um, what was that like being in another country, place you haven't been there before to wrestle and just the, everything that was going on at the time? Yeah, it did. Uh, it stunk because like at one point, like it was fine. And then I remember like maybe three weeks out from when I was supposed to leave. I got like a notification that like my flight was canceled and I was just like for two days struggling, trying to figure out flights and how I was going to get home because they didn't give me a like, Oh, reschedule your flight. It was just like, no, like you have no flight home. And I had bought in a round trip. So it's like, where's my guaranteed flight home <laughs> at some point. And then it ended up being like, instead of leaving three weeks, like it was like, all right, the only flight available is like tomorrow. And it was just like, they were shutting everything down. And so like, I literally was on one of the last flights out of Japan. I remember being in the layover airport and watching like the screen of all the flights as they were getting canceled. And I was just thinking like, okay, if I can get to New York, I know people in New York who can get me back home. Like I was just like, I just got to get back into the States and I will find my way home from there. They're like, yeah, that part sucked. But the rest of it, I mean, it's such a beautiful country. I feel like my heart and soul is in Japan. I grew up, like, idolizing Japanese culture from when I was little. I, like, had all the books of how to do origami, and then I got into anime. And, of course, from there, it's just, like, everything spirals, and then you're just, like, consumed by this culture. And uh, when I got into wrestling, that was, like, the goal for me. It wasn't getting signed or getting put on TV. It was, I want to go to Japan. And so I accomplished that and I would love to go back and make it a regular thing. If you went back, is there anyone on the top of your list who you'd like to face? Uh, there's so many people who I want to face right now. It's definitely like Ozmi. I would want to face. There's Saray who was there when I was there and she had just gotten signed to WWE. So I met her like the last week she was there and it was cool. Cause then when I saw her on NXT, I was like, Oh my God, like I know her. Like, And she's such a sweetheart. And like, 
I was a no one when I went to Japan, but she like followed me back and stuff and like was so supportive online and stuff like that. It's like, that's so cool. Like there's people like that who are like so supportive of your journey like that. And so like wrestling her would be so cool. Cause like I saw her career play out and like she saw mine. There's a lot, there's just so many. <laughs> I, I have a question about pandemic uh, wrestling and wrestling during the pandemic. But before that, I, I ask everybody who's been to Japan this did you go to Ribera and do you have a review of Ribera? I did not go to Ribera. I failed. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I had any of like, the sponsors take me out there. And where I was based out of, it was already further away. So for us to get to Tokyo, we would have to take a bus and then a train. Or because it was me and Masha and we were like really stingy of how we wasted our money, we would walk. <laughs> to the train station which was a 40 minute walk <laughs> and then take a train to like Shinjuku which is like the main city and then I think from there we would have had to take in another train and because we had a curfew there would have been like a risk of not being able to catch the last train back home so I didn't risk it while I was in my time there I didn't have like a proper vehicle to travel or like someone who would take me there well, next time you, you go to Japan, because we're going to manifest a return, check out Ribera, and then we'll have you back on the show just to re- review Ribera. We can maybe talk yeah. a little bit of wrestling, but just to review uh, oh. Ribera. Uh, <laughs> and then on on pandemic wrestling, like you stayed active during the pandemic. I know Limitless ran shows. You made appearances for Impact and, and for AEW as well. <laughs> When it, when it came to like wrestling during the pandemic, what, what lesson did you learn from just that overall experience? Um, I mean, I think I always appreciated the crowd before then. But then, like, pandemic wrestling hurt a lot more. Because you didn't have that adrenaline that you get from performing in front of a crowd. So as you're taking moves, it kind of feels like practice. Like, if you ever see wrestlers in practice, we move so stiff. And we're just a little, like, robotic through motions, kind of, because, like, things hurt more. And, like, you don't have that, like, invincibility that you get from being in front of a live crowd. Um, and so now, like, performing now, almost nothing hurts. Like, <laughs> I can, like, take, like, a superplex. I'm like, yep, all right. <laughs> because nothing will ever hurt as much as when you were wrestling in front of no one, basically. Or you were wrestling in front of wrestlers who were, like, kind of tired from being there all day so they're not really going to cheer for you um yeah that's what i learned (laughs) pain (laughs) as we start to wind down uh you told fightful's denise salcedo that uh, you watched a lot of 13 going on 30 to get you kind of ready or or excited or less excited about turning 30 uh why is that your favorite movie what do you love about it and what was your favorite scene (laughs) it was just so relatable like I don't know why, but, like, growing up, I always didn't like the idea of having the crush on the popular boy. Maybe wrestling had to do something with that. Maybe there was a storyline somewhere. <laughs> like, maybe the Kurt Angle to Stephanie McMahon like, thing really sunk into me as a kid. But I just was always like, no, you date your best friend. And, like, when her whole life played out and, like, she wanted to be with the popular guy. It was just like, no, he made a mistake. <laughs> I always think about that. There's also like the moment where like they break out and he's dancing to his song. Cause she invited the cool kids to the house. And it's like, 
watch out. <laughs> I don't remember that band, but like, that's such a me moment. That is something I would do in front of cool kids. <laughs> Uh, my my last one, and you don't have to spoil this if, if you do not want to, but you tweeted on July 2nd, the Hail Mary to finish my new gear before Saturday. Why am I like this? Is your gear finished? My gear is finished. There we um, go. Didn't end up deciding on anything for like an entrance, like anything special for an entrance. I had such bad writer's block when it came to that. Um, so unfortunately, I couldn't choreograph something like that. But We'll have new gear. <laughs> I can just only walk so. out. Just walk out there. You're the champ. Just hold your head up high, and you're about to become a double champ. That's that's the entrance right there. That's the entrance. That's the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> My last question before we get on out of here: You've had some very interesting monikers. Uh, you're you're the God Queen now. You've been called just one of the boys. Where are you picking these up, and what what do they all mean to you at the end of the day? Yeah, um, so I kind of get them from wrestling. So just one of the boys is something I heard all the time in my training days. So basically, if you were a girl in the business, it kind of meant like you weren't going to get special treatments. Like you're going to be treated like just one of the boys. And like it was always told to me like, no, you have to tear down the ring. No, you have to like help set up. You have to help flyer. You have to do all the things that like any other wrestler would do to earn your spot on the show. You're not going to get any sort of like special treatment or other than that you have to like pay your dues and earn your way into the business basically and it kind of was like annoying it was like a parent telling you to take your vitamins it's like okay yeah whatever shut up but then it kind of did stick to me because I noticed I was someone who like took pride in the fact that like I wanted to earn my spot and I wanted to be on shows and I always thought to myself like I want to be on this show but I want to earn it like, I want to be good enough. I don't want to be, like, given a booking because, like, they saw me set up and, like, they feel bad for me. And I was, like, I need to be good enough to be on that show. Like, I remember, like, shows would do pre-shows. And I would think so hard that I had to be good enough for just a pre-show match. Like, I better know how to do this, right? And so I really did end up embracing that term and making it my own. And then the God Queen comes from Bruiser Brody, of course. Uh, he was referred to as the God King. And I just wanted a female version of that. I really came into my own as like a women's independent wrestler within the last year or two. And so like I wanted to embrace that side of me and really take ownership of it. Well, safe to say you more than deserve to be on the card tomorrow night in Philadelphia, 2300 Arena. MLW presents Never Say Never. Delmi Exo puts up that world featherweight championship against Ava Everett, who puts up her women's championship from WXW title for title. Delmi, before we get out of here, do you want to plug anything? Yeah, for sure. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Delmi Exo. Pretty easy. My handle's the same everywhere. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining us. Have Thank fun you, tomorrow. Delmi. Good luck. Thank you so much, guys. Take care. Tell me, EXO. Wonderful. There we yes. go. MLW Women's World Featherweight Champion. Again, July 8th, tomorrow night. MLW. Never say never. It is on fight. She is facing Ava Everett in a title versus title match. Ava Everett will be putting up the WXW Women 
or the World Women's Championship. Uh, everyone go check out MLW on fight tomorrow. You can also get tickets at MLW 2300 uh, as well. If uh, you are in the Philadelphia area um, in, you know, for the 2300 arena. Uh, so there you go. MLW never say never. It's been a big MLW week here, Joe. We had four MLW guests on what? the show this week. Yeah. Started with Court Power, the man himself of MLW, opening up the week on Monday. And uh, Hammerstone, we had ha- Alexander Hammerstone, the world champion. We had uh, we had Snitsky, of course. <laughs> it wasn't his fault, but he did join us. Uh, <laughs> and of course, we had Delmi uh, XO today. It was, it was good. Am I missing? I don't think I'm missing anyone. No. No, we had the four. Yeah. So thanks again. Uh, MLW have been uh, great in, in passing along some talent and, and sending them our way uh, to, to have great conversations. So we really do appreciate it. A little, little good time this week on In the Weeds. We still got a few minutes left. Uh, should we, we should probably finish up our conversation about uh, Blood and Guts. Kota Ibushi being the, the guy on one side. We were talking about Chris Jericho maybe being the guy on the other side. Or is it a red herring? Is there someone else who could join the fray instead? You said homicide. Uh, homicide's not, it's not a bad idea. It does continue the, the Eddie Kingston story. Feels to me like we're still trying to get an Eddie Kingston versus Claudio Castagnoli Ring of Honor World Championship match. It's not going to be at Death Before Dishonor because that show is happening during the G1 where Eddie is currently in Japan. Uh, instead, it's going to be Mark Briscoe versus Claudio for the Ring of Honor World Championship. That was announced last night on the show. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, Eddie... Eddie versus Claudio seems like the match. We just have to get there first. So I don't know if uh, another name, by the way, that I'm going to throw out there is Chris Hero. Not only because he's been doing some work with with uh, AEW, but also because we have the Kings of Wrestling, uh, the connection there with Claudio. I've seen people mention Chris Hero as as a potential person for, um, you know, for for the Blackpool Combat Club. I don't, I don't fully like like that idea and this is no knock on chris hero either obviously people know the kings of wrestling that was such a long time ago that just feels like hey we're gonna do chris hero just to sort of pop things that they but don't actually tie into anything the abusha story like at least ties into a lot of stuff chris hero just feels like he's just there to be there um the mark briscoe stuff is interesting because i think it is kota abushi I think that's where they're going with this. But could Mark Briscoe be that person? Because Blood and Guts is the week of Death Before Dishonor. So do you try to add a little bit of juice to Claudio and Briscoe at Death Before Dishonor? Because I know this match, uh, a lot of people are excited for this match, Briscoe against Claudio. But I've also seen a lot of people like, wait, Mark is saying he TV title, TV title, TV title. He lost his shot at the TV title. He lost to Samoa Joe at the last pay-per-view. Now why is he all of a sudden aiming towards the world title? What's happening here? So do you have Mark on the elite side to try to add juice to the Claudio and uh, Mark match for Death Before Dishonor, which again is the same week as Blood and Guts? It feels very odd man out, which seems to be the Mark Briscoe way right now. It seems that he gets shoehorned into these angles with FDR, Jarrett and and lethal he's just kind of just kind of there and i don't like that for mark briscoe i think there's other opportunities for him to be in real storyline driven uh matches this this again feels like he'd be shoehorned in could you do it yeah sure why not you, you can do the little cross promotion even though that's something that tony is like 
not wanting to do anymore, he says, with Ring of Honor is featuring Ring of Honor stories and talent on the show. I just, I don't love it. I don't love the idea of, of bringing Mark Briscoe in just for that. Kind of where I'm I, I think if you don't want to feature Ring of Honor stories and talent on AEW, you the divide's got to be better in that case. Like your ROH world champion is part of a major story in AEW. So, and he carries that title around with him. So like, if you don't want that stuff featured, then put the ROH world title on somebody who's just going to wrestle on ROH. That's, that's kind of where I'm at with this stuff. They're, they're crossing, they're crossing streams here regardless, just by having the world champion on that show. The Lucha bros are kind of on AEW television. They don't defend those titles on ROH television, much less AEW. Give them television. to the kingdom. Just give them to the kingdom. Should have won like, that the ladder match too. Like Athena, for the most part, has stayed on ROH. I know she's now part of the Owen and she might win the Owen. So, but for the most part, they've done a good job of like keeping her separate and ROH, uh, just ROH brand. And Ryan says uh, Athena needs more eyes on her matches. And that's 100% true. Like, I actually think she's more than capable of just being an AEW talent, not an ROH talent. But what, what are you going to do? They want names on ROH. Athena is a name. So they put the title on her. There's just, there's going to be cross, there's going to be cross promotion because it is the same brand or the same umbrella of, of a company here. And they're trying to, they're trying to utilize AEW talent on ROH. So that brand does get lifted. But, you know, if, if you don't want, there to be crossed you've got to have a harder divide on this stuff you've got to have just your roh talent on this stuff and i don't know if they're ever going going to really do that who is your pick like like overall who is your pick for um elite in blackpool in in blood and guts you could do jericho and then have jericho cost them the match it's as easy as that you know you don't necessarily need to muddy up the waters too much more let the Jericho and uh, sorry Jericho and Don Callis story continue to play out, uh, and and just try something different. You know, I don't know. Then it's Jericho and Takeshita, and that's not something. Yeah, I, but but it plays into the Jericho playbook in AEW, which is take a young talent who was relatively unknown and work with them. Takeshita and Don Callis were on talk as Jericho not too long ago. Wouldn't surprise me if Jericho was like, I like this kid. I want to work with him. He's good looking. He's popular. So I want to do it. I know. And I think many AW fans know what happens when you work with Chris Jericho and how that affects your career, or at least your trajectory in AW. Uh, but that's just kind of where I am is that it ends up with Jericho working with Takeshita at the end. Like, you know, what? I'm fine with Jericho and Takeshita. That's, cool whatever if that's what the program wants to be that's the program jericho wants callus tony if that's what they want cool here's my issue with jericho in this match and specifically my issue with with your suggestion of have jericho in and have jericho cost in this match chris jericho is not part of this this is elite in blackpool combat club and this is why i don't want chris jericho in this in that way and factoring into any of this is this is not about him this is not about chris jericho this is a long-running feud between the elite and the blackpool combat club if you throw chris jericho in there and oh jericho was the guy who tapped out or gave up surrendered whatever it might be it kills this whole thing for me 
because it needs to be somebody from the elite, somebody from Blackpool, who is the person who is like, I give up on this. And, and that set, that ends it. That ends this war between these two sides and they move on to whatever they're going to do next. Even if you have homicide and Abushi in this, no matter who the, the picks are, I don't want them really involved in the decision. I want a buck. I want a hangman, Omega, Yuta, Moxley, Claudio. I don't even want Takeshka really like being factored into the decision. I want the top elite and top Blackpool guys to be part of this decision because that's where it needs to end. It should end at blood and guts. It doesn't need to go further past this. We've done anarchy in the arena. Now we're doing blood and guts. This is the end of it. And it, the guys who need to be involved in the end are the main centerpieces of the feud, which are the actual members of the elite and the Blackpool Combat Club. I agree with you. I do. I just would not be surprised if Jericho finds his way into that match, given what we saw. Just wouldn't surprise me. But I fully agree with you. This thing started one way. It should be ending the same way. But here we are. We're stuck because, unfortunately, Brian Danielson is injured. So we have to kind of divert and pivot a little bit I see in the chat punk on the bcc side he said he also says it's never gonna happen which is true it's not that's not where i would bring in punk for uh, for a match like that but plenty going on this weekend go check your local listings let's uh <laughs> smackdown tonight is really just the tribal the tribal trial and that's gonna be nah. fun well, no yeah, i mean like I... The main the main thing is that right. there's a there are a couple matches you want to go through them and we got Sheamus and Austin Theory for the U.S. title. Uh, Sheamus should win. I, I know he wants the Intercontinental title. I don't care. Put the U.S. title back on him because this Austin Theory run is not good. And I oh, what about LA Knight? Yeah, I mean it's sure, but they're trying to heal this guy. They're trying to heal LA Knight for some reason. So what are we doing here? Um, I, I think Sheamus should win. I'm I'm done with this Austin Theory stuff. It's I've been done with it. And, you know, after WrestleMania, it looked like, ah, hey, maybe you beat John Cena. We can do something here. I don't know what happened, but John Cena was right. And Austin Theory is just at where he's at. He needs he needs something because it ain't working. Cross and AJ, good luck. And uh, your your guy, Edge. Edge is back. You love the Edge. I like the Grayson Waller effect, and that's where he's going to appear tonight. Grayson Waller's good. I, I actually do like Grayson Waller as well. He's good. Could you see them doing Waller and Edge as a yeah, Waller, as Waller should win? You think Waller should win? Yeah, I don't I want don't, these old dudes winning. I don't disagree, but I mean, I think if Waller can be this obnoxious prick, get a bunch of wins going into the match with Edge, then I would be fine with Edge winning because eventually you're, I don't know. I, again, we don't know what his retirement trajectory is. He could be another year. He could be done in August. We don't know. But if you do SummerSlam, Waller, and Edge, I wouldn't hate it. I would argue. I would argue that Edge has been retired for about three years now. What about the greatest match ever? (laughs) That might have been his retirement match, honestly. Well, the reshoots would have you think otherwise. (laughs) What was the last good Edge match? It was... was Seth, right? Hell in a Cell. Like, did yeah, he have? Yeah, 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 that was a good one. I really enjoyed okay. that Cell match. That was two years ago. Yeah. Oh, the actually, you know what? The Raw match against Priest was actually really good. Sure. 
It was good. I mean, I was there live for it, so I got a different perspective than those who may have watched on TV. It's a different atmosphere when you're live, let's face it. Um, and then as we get out of here, I don't know if you saw this news, Misha Montana and Matt Riddle are expecting. Who? Matt Riddle's girlfriend announced that she's pregnant. Moving on. <laughs> let's plug our stuff and get on out of here. Don't follow me on Twitter. Follow fight talk underscore on Twitter and that did keep it locked to fightful overbooked. We got a lot of stuff on this channel. It, coexisting is live at 3 p.m. Eastern with Rob and Maggie. Everyone watch that show. Great show. That is senior nerd saying the mixed tag match with Beth was that, that was a really good match against. Uh, oh, my God. That was a Montreal. That was a really good match. It was it was a judgment day. He's had some fine matches. I like giving edge a hard time. I did the. Funnily enough, I like actually bury Edge a lot, and yet he's never blocked me. But he's blocked other people that like are probably say much nicer things about him than I. It's, true. it's very strange. It's hilarious <laughs> blocking Alex McCarthy because that's what people just should do. It's just block true. Alex McCarthy. Got his own belt. Got his own bus and everything. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes go subscribe to us here at Fightful Overbooked if you haven't left a thumbs up on this video yet go ahead and do that uh, go follow Fight Talk underscore and I am at Pearl J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L I'm all over the place Blue Sky Threads wherever I'm probably there we'll see you on Monday ladies and gentlemen friends beyond the binary enjoy your weekend cheers <laughs>